Should the Federal Reserve subsidize unemployment benefits when increasing the interest rate? This is David Axrod of the Economics Department in the Feliciano School of Business at Montclair State University, March of 2023. In 2022, we started to experience a spike up in prices, in other words, inflation. In response, the Federal Reserve has been supporting policies that increase interest rates. Why would they do this? And what are the implications? First, a little background. The Federal Reserve, the United States Central Bank, controls the economy's money supply. It was created in 1913 to moderate cyclical downturns and panics that the U.S. would experience about once a decade. Its goals are to keep inflation moderate while supporting full employment. The Fed sets an inflation target of 2% per year. Full employment occurs when the economy is producing near its cyclical peak. This does not mean there is no unemployment, since some unemployment occurs due to frictional, essentially people temporarily without paid work waiting for their next job to start, and structural causes, shifts in socioeconomic fundamentals such as demographics, technology, institutions, and culture. Okay, so what's happening now? The Fed is attempting to slow down inflation. They do this by targeting higher interest rates through reducing liquidity or the money supply. When interest rates rise, the cost of borrowing for business investment or household consumption increases. Businesses will tend to invest less and households will tend to buy less. Both of these would decrease aggregate demand for goods and services. Producers then cut back on production since they do not want to pay to produce more than they can sell. In the process, they reduce the number of employees and the hours they work. The greater unemployment leads to a further reduction in demand for goods as households tighten their belts thereby moderating inflationary pressures further. One of the indicators the Fed uses is the growth in the labor compensation hourly rate. This is relevant since labor costs account for about 60% of the production cost of goods, services, and experiences. However, the implied reduction in wages is associated with a decrease in paid employment, and with it, lost jobs. If the Fed is successful in slowing down labor compensation by increasing interest rates, this will lead to greater pressure on unemployment benefits and poverty programs, both at the federal and state levels, as well as financial challenges for the millions of households dependent solely on a paycheck to make ends meet. The latest national unemployment rate for February 2023 is 3.6%. The Fed is forecasting this to rise to 4.6% before inflation approaches their target. This implies that there will be at least another 1.5 million people unemployed. Even with a modest benefit of $1,000 a month for the newly unemployed, 
not even enough to reach the poverty line, this is an additional $18 billion a year in benefit expenses. However, other analysts contend that unemployment could reach as high as 7.5% before inflation stabilizes at 2%. If true, then there would be almost 6 million more unemployed than today. At that $1,000 a month, that would be around $70 billion a year in benefit expense. Monetary policy clearly has fiscal implications. The Fed is an income-making entity, even if it is a public institution with macroeconomic objectives. Its net income is dependent on the balance of interest-bearing assets they own and the interest-paying liabilities they owe. When interest rates rise quickly, it is possible for the Fed to experience losses. However, the Fed typically has positive net income, much of which is remitted to the U.S. Treasury. This brings us to our query. The situations in which the Fed are most likely to experience a loss overlap those where their policies increase unemployment. If they were to subsidize the increased benefits, that would exaggerate those potential losses. However, that can be a signal that the Fed is increasing interest rates too quickly. Quashing inflation is very important. However, the cost to society of suppressing employment goes beyond extra public expenses. Greater unemployment forces more people to have to move, which is a further cost to those households in time, stress, and finances. Moreover, it is the households that are already on edge, which the private sector would tend to charge higher interest rates for borrowing that are most in peril from increasing interest rates. When this extra unemployment is concentrated in narrow demographics, we see a loss of trust in our leaders and faith in our system. From an operating limits perspective, the economy still needs to distribute enough production that all of its components can function. We are also seeing the leading edge of this in the failure of Silicon Valley Bank and other related institutions, as well as increased protests and riots. An important concept in dealing with the limitations of the free market to handle economic issues is externalities. An externality occurs when a private transaction, such as buying goods from a store or a bank lending money, has an impact on the well-being of the people not directly involved in that transaction. If it benefits others, it is a positive externality. If it hurts others, it is a negative externality. In this sense, increasing interest rates at the macro level can have negative externalities at the micro level. As we can observe, Increasing interest rates increases both the cost of programs at the state level as well as their cost to borrow to cover them. In the meanwhile, if the Fed has decreased net income, 
they will remit less to the federal government, which makes it more difficult for Congress and the president to provide financial help to the states and further on to households and individuals. We're not done yet, though. If the higher interest rates slow down business investment, especially for the long run, and delay adaptation to new technologies to deal with changing climate conditions. This implies suppressing aggregate supply, which leads to upward price pressures. On top of that, based on how much households owe, increasing interest rates directly leads to a greater full cost of living even if the price for all goods stayed the same. Think larger interest payments for your credit card balances. So where does that leave us? It may be the case that a long-term target of 2% inflation is not consistent with full employment. If so, it implies the Fed should only raise interest rates to reach a higher target of inflation. The faster pace of inflation will not be welcomed by consumers. However, the alternative would be more persistent unemployment, more expensive government programs, and thus greater taxes. In other words, if all the changes our civilization is going through are associated with greater costs to sustain, we will either pay for it through higher prices in the market and or higher taxes on our income. This suggests that part of the Fed's determination of interest rates could be improved by it paying for some of the increased costs of state programs to deal with greater unemployment, compensated for by reduced remissions to the U.S. Treasury. This may seem anathema, for the purpose of having a quasi-independent central bank. And it is. It is because setting interest rates so as to cool inflation has an impact on the real economy, in particular unemployment, and cannot avoid being entangled with fiscal policy. The Federal Reserve could only be fully independent if the decisions it makes has no impact on government spending and tax revenues generated. Like it or not, rational decisions require an understanding of the full costs involved, and decision makers usually need to feel those costs to consider all of them. <music>